Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of That Time We Woke Up in a Podcast and Had to Explain Manga, our heated adventures overanalyzing manga that we find interesting, otherwise known as the Overmanga Cast. My name is Sam, and welcome to the first part of Revisit Month, a whole month where we're going to be going back and looking at some of the previous properties that we've covered here on the show. Starting it off, we're going with popular choice and <laughs> looking at the analytics. Y'all love it, we love it, it's Chainsaw Man by Tatsuki Fujimoto. And this time, we are covering chapters 71 through 97, the Santa Claus arc. If you already know what I'm talking about, you know that things are about to get wild. So let's jump right into the program. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Overmanga Cast once again. I don't think you need to hear what our familiarity with this product is, because if you are a diligent listener, then you know that we are currently on part three of our adventures into the manic hellscape that is Chainsaw Man. So, yeah. Just a quick about- overview. Sam, Jacob, and Jay are all newcomers at this point, and mm-hmm. I have finished the series long before we started this, so... <laughs> And so he is delighting in our suffering, I am sure. Not <laughs> suffering. I'm, I'm living. This is amazing. Look, I, I've 100%ed all three Dark Souls games. They're the same to me. Anyway. He finally admits it. <laughs> anyway, I suppose we should just dive right into it then. Because we pick up after the hideous, gut-wrenching, heartbreaking tragedy of last time, where Matt decided that we weren't allowed to live in the kinder timeline where Reze, where Reze was leaving. I'm sorry I appreciated uh, you guys knowing the truth, which was she was coming back for Denji when Makima murdered her. Yeah, we we blocked it out. We We blocked blocked it out out. hard. Jake and I were huffing that copium. (laughs) But um, we find Denji in a bit of a funk, as you might expect. After a, a hard breakup like that, having more of them doom door dreams. Puchetta behind the door like, don't open it, Denji. Leads to Kingdom Hearts. Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> In typical Denji fashion, which proves that despite all the pain he at the core, he is still who he is. Makima says, let's go on a vacation. And he's instantly happy again. He's he's lamenting about how he'll never feel joy again because Rize stood him up. Uh, and is offered to run away and then Makima appears and he is instantaneously back to normal and like this is another case where I really want to read the first part again because it is so funny <laughs> like it's so obviously played for comedy I feel like if I if I had ne- not turned around on Chainsaw Man I might have had a problem with it but like yeah I think in the first episode you specifically brought up Denji like flip-flopping like that as like one of the things you didn't like about his character yeah I, I yeah at this point, it's pretty obvious. No, this is just how the mangaka sets up the obvious joke of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't I didn't read I didn't read it as comedy, which I still assert that it, it's down to a matter of framing. And I still, you know, stand by what I said there. But like, it's obviously a joke now that I see the series through more clear eyes, so to say. We call that character development, Jake. <laughs> Real life character development. <laughs> These dreams of a vacation are cut brutally short as we cut to the news showing Denji brutalizing just everything from last section. 
you know, I, I feel criminally underrated that we're skipping over one of my favorite lines, which is when um, Makima offers the vacation to everyone. Power goes, oh, I'm planning to do something that day. I haven't mentioned a day yet. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty great. <laughs> okay, this entire section, I'll say it right now, has some top tier power in it. <laughs> yes. Power has acknowledged she will never be as strong as Denji, and that's fine because <laughs> she can side character it up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we uh, didn't get a lot of power last time either. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we got like the training bit in the beginning, but she was uh, she was out of most of it. She was explicitly gone for the uh, Katana Devil fight and the fight with Reze. So, yeah. But uh, we also get one of my favorite panels. Actually, uh, my favorite panel is coming up because, as I said, the vacation has been cut short by the realization that, oh, no, Denji has kind of been outed to the entire world. Because how in the goddamn hell are you going to hide just everything from last time? Which is an especially uh, impressive feat because we got established by Makima that the public sector uh, has the ability to censor the news reports. So the fact that Denji's still appearing on the news means... It was very unusual and discomforting to Makima that somehow this news got out. Which, um, man, just given everything that we get in this entire section, I almost want to say that Makima is playing up being disappointed. She intended this to happen, so she's pretending to be annoyed by it. Alternatively, Santa Claus. (laughs) <laughs> let's try to unpack the santa claus how we're introduced to santa claus let's first give our listeners any hope of understanding this what is essentially said is that the knowledge of denzi a uh, human fiend hybrid which is different than a fiend on their own which is like a devil that takes like over a perfect hybrid though because there are some devils or some fiends that do have still prominent human traits but Denji seems to still, you know, be mostly human because who um, perhaps one of you could answer. I can't remember his name, but the one with the doctor uh, violence. Yeah, he was also talking about when he's talking about the fact that he's um, admonit like praised for, you know, still having a significant human part. So the the big thing about violence, and we'll get to that later, is it's less that he is a human being with devil's powers, which is what Denji explicitly is. He is a fiend in the traditional sense in that the violence devil made a deal with somebody to have their body. And he just lucked out that that body still had a mostly alive brain that he could like hijack. The big distinction is for violence, he remembers all of the the human body's memories Whereas the thing that's weird about Denji is a fiend is a human corpse possessed by a devil. Denji is Denji, except he can also become like he can use all the powers of the chainsaw fiend. So he never died. He's still alive. Mm. Yeah. Essentially. The Katana devil and Reze, we've both established, were the same as Denji. They are people yeah. with devil powers. Right. Mm-hmm. Which makes them ludicrously powerful. And they can emote yes. very well. It's, it's what it, gives it, them it, their power. Yes. For power is emotion. They they use their cursed energy to... Oh, wait, wrong series. Well, <laughs> power is actually not... That applies to so many series, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. And power's only emotion is pride. <laughs> I mean, fair. 
<laughs> but uh wow we really got off this um essentially what is being established is because denji's knowledge is now public essentially all the other governments of the world are upset that japan has such a powerful fiend and are now going to explicitly try and um claim his heart oh that sounds so romantic in any other context well they tr- <laughs> they tried the romantic angle and then that didn't work so well uh, yeah that didn't work out so hot for French grenade. And so Denji has to go under protective services, basically uh, losing all the rights that he had gained up to this point so that he can be kept safe from the waves of assassins that will be coming for him. And how does he feel about all of this? He doesn't really care that much. He's, well, <laughs> he's more concerned that he's. this means he's not going to get to go on the vacation because Makima said it was postponed. We get to my favorite panel in which Aki walks up, sees Denji despondent on the ground, sits on him and says, you know, Makima did just say postponed and not canceled. So if all these assassins die, you get to go on the trip. And Denji immediately goes back to full power. <laughs> yeah. It's such a bro moment. Aki's got a lot of great big brother scenes in the, yeah. uh, this section we read, which really compensates for the fact he does absolutely nothing in any of the fights. Oh, yeah. He doesn't do anything. He sure was there. So the main fight he's in, he passes out, like, from not being able to handle seeing power dead essentially yeah. but we'll we'll get there he does nothing <laughs> mm-hmm. poor boy he he kind of gets vegeted a little bit but we will be getting there uh first we have to be introduced to some of these assassins some america boys and because they're american they are hanging out at the statue of liberty as all <laughs> americans do <laughs> you mean you don't oh by the way news relevant did you hear we're getting a second mini version it is maybe that's where they were hanging out with the <laughs> mini statue of liberty <laughs> Yes, being shipped over from France. Again. Thank you, France. Do we have any French listeners? We can get some French listeners. If If you're a French listener, please reach out to at (laughs) OverMangaCast. We will also accept uh, Quebecies. Hopefully one of those was correct. Otherwise, be very upset with me. (laughs) Yeah, and you should probably let us know. And at your complaints at (laughs) OverMangaCast. But no matter what, we appreciate you. Moving on, though, before we even get some revelations later on in this section, we have perhaps my favorite of the assassins for how obviously weird and going to be incredibly tragic and scary they are. Tolka and his master the weird wilderness survivalists out in like siberia or whatever yeah they like dedicate half a chapter to them going on a hunt and killing a fox and the entire time his master isn't saying anything other than are you sure you can handle the weight of death upon your soul Oh, she keeps asking him if he feels anything from killing the fox, and he keeps saying no. Uh, do you feel anything for killing it? Do you feel anything for skinning it? Do you feel anything for cooking it? Do you feel anything for eating it? And he says no at every time. Then you are ready to kill a real human, I guess. Yeah, and the big thing with uh, Tolka and his master that you really want to take away is the motivation, is um, his master is dying of mangaka disease. <laughs> like... It's not established what it is. She's just going numb and can no longer like feel things anymore. And apparently doctors have told her she only has a few months to live. I kind of I kind of assumed that that had something to do with devil contracts because she we know she has at least two. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, even even then, like when um she's talking, when he's talking to her, like the point of him at his apprenticeship is that when he completes the task, which is to claim Denji's heart, she will tell him all of her devil contracts. So she's like yeah. been holding that away from him. And yeah, it's assumedly devil contracts. Who knows? Indeed, we're getting our rundown of villains for this section. Yeah. And I got to say, I liked some of them. There are a lot of cases where like the American brothers, they don't name one of the American brothers. And that caused me no end of suffering trying to write the outline. <laughs> Two of them have names. One of them doesn't. <laughs> yeah. It's like third brother or whatever. No, uh, in all fairness, the one who isn't named is the one who immediately disguises himself. So that's probably why. But, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but they like, should they... know each other's names. Well, yeah, they probably do. But I mean, I'm sorry, we should know their names. Yeah, obviously, like... the characters know each other's names. A lot of them felt really underdeveloped. It was a little bit hard to track what was going on with some of them sometimes. Mm-hmm. It, that's honestly... Not to say I didn't like this section, but I definitely preferred the previous section over this one. And there was there was the case where this beginning bit was throwing a bunch of characters at a wall and seeing what stuck. And they ultimately made, in my opinion, the right choices with the characters to focus on. But I didn't really enjoy going through the list. I I think the big thing is they're throwing all of these characters at the wall initially is to like show how chaotic this entire situation is because Denji Mm. is on the national, like international news. People are coming from all over. So it's it's not like they dedicate a lot of time to the people they just throw away either. So like, no, and and, it's purposeful. Yeah, it's purposeful. It's just I didn't particularly enjoy it as much as I enjoyed other parts. I mean, fair. I also sure. couldn't remember the names to most of um, Section 4. I guess public sector now. And there's a lot of them. <laughs> they all bailed. They all have names. Yeah. But each of the characters who surround Denji has a name. Mm-hmm. I could not tell you which one is which. Beam and Angel Devil. Beam and Angel are important. They're also yeah. not around Denji is the problem. We get all the humans. Yeah, there's a there's a squad protecting him and uh, one of them has rocks. We'll get to him. <laughs> yes, but uh, the important thing that we need to note about the America Bros is that they are invincible or they are immortal is what they say. In case what we've been talking about hasn't been a red flag, uh, they do have a speech amongst themselves about how nothing can kill them because the gun devil didn't. They got lucky. They they had a, they have experienced a great amount of luck in life, and therefore they have determined that they are immortal. Yeah, they have the huge survivorship bias. But like, <laughs> if if that's not just hanging a little uh, foreshadowing on the door for you, yeah, yeah. The second they had their power. Their like power team pose, their their right stuff walks saying we're immortal. I'm like, oh, y'all gonna freaking die. Can we also point out compared to what we hear all the other assassins are getting paid, these three brothers are getting offered two million dollars by the US government. Which yeah. is not nearly as much as everyone else is getting. It's not nearly enough for the job they're doing, I would <laughs> assume. Like, we hear how much devil hunters make. They are going over international borders. They are going to be doing something exceptionally dangerous, involving killing a whole lot of people and going up against an exceptionally powerful devil. They really should have asked for more, is all I'm saying. They're patsies is what it comes down to. 
they are indeed patsies. At least for a few minutes, they are very effective patsies. We've got more villains to introduce. We only got halfway through before we got bored and walked away, yeah. much like this arc. Uh <laughs> namely, namely, Kianji. We're introduced to her in the middle of a lesbian orgy. Yeah, just casually. Kianji likes ladies. Uh <laughs> She likes ladies a lot. This is definitely one of my one of my favorite characters, but like it's so uncomfortable when they'll just like still hit you with one of those. I also had a little difficulty because like knowing that they're fiends, I'm just like, is it consensual? So one of them is definitely in question. The one whose brain hangs out of her head and can only say Halloween. Uh. They're fiends. Is it? So they're devils possessing dead bodies. Is that even like kosher? Is that like necrophilic or I don't know? Well, in all fairness, uh, yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> Overanalyze this aspect. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, don't. It's it's one of those things where the more you think about it, the worse it gets. And I'm pretty sure that's what the mangaka intended. So we're just going to move along. <laughs> it's, it's also definitely an excuse to have a group of five naked women on each other for a full cover page. So. Yeah. Oh, that cover page. Wow. Um, I mean, it was great. It's a cover page. It's a good one. I mean, it, it did its job, but there. See, see, that's the thing. Are a particular set of websites I go to when I'm looking for that sort of thing. I wasn't expecting <laughs> it out of Chainsaw Man. <laughs> Honestly, Jacob, I think you need to expand your expectations. We've gotten. Uh... Yeah, well, we did get the lingerie fantasy, so <laughs> the lingerie guess, fantasy, yeah. Egg on my face, but it was still jarring because <laughs> there's no shame. <laughs> <laughs> well, in all fairness, that's her character. She has no shame. Like it's effective. It's just really uncomfortable. <laughs> which uh, is great because we we get to see just how undercharged the American boys were. Because uh, it, they never explicitly say. I think it's assumed to be the Chinese government, just mm -hmm. based on some assumptions here. Uh, I think they, I I think uh, someone mentions the Chinese government as also doing a thing. Cut to the scene. They give her a blank check for Denji's heart. And she thinks about it for a long time and says, I want human rights for my girls and an education. That was um, the Chinese government. Like for mm. me, as I'm remembering it, I thought it was pretty overt that it was like the Chinese government is like, go get this. This is super I mean, main, valuable. Main thing is the Chinese government is really the ones who can give human rights to her girls. Yeah, that'd be than... really weird to like ask some random mob boss or whatever. Like, <laughs> I want human rights for my girls. They're like, yeah, sure. Oh, I'll give you human rights right here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay. Um, though I gotta say, you know, I mean, I've I've been making the jokes about how uncomfortable some of the panels were, and yeah, but um, that is one of the coolest moments because that honestly endears you to her immediately. You mm -hmm. know, for all the horrible things she's going to do, that's a real goal that you can understand and is you know in its own twisted chainsaw man way a really noble thing to um be fighting for and i i really liked that whole group of characters yeah. uh even even when uh wanting to look away but not for reasons <laughs> yeah but the last one we get is the one that recontextualizes so much of this freaking manga and makes my head hurt trying to comprehend all of it we go to germany for santa claus oh yes yep in all fairness ho, we do. ho ho mother santa claus is pretty great because um they are introduced by other people saying i really hope they don't 
get Santa Claus in on this job. Old man devil hunter, uh, Kishibe? Yeah, Kishibe. He explicitly says, out of all the assassins they could have, Santa Claus is the one who could probably beat me. Oh, no, Kishibe also says that he hopes that uh, Kyanshi isn't part of this because he, I believe he expressly says that if all of humanity went buck naked into a bare-fisted brawl, she'd be the one to win, which is a way to describe somebody's power level, and he's not wrong. <laughs> yeah. He, he definitely isn't, but he is definitely full of himself. He thinks he can take her. He thinks under the right circumstances, he could either cheat or, or you know, weapon use, tool use his way out of uh, a fight with Kianchi. He doesn't want Santa Claus to be on the same continent as him. Yeah, we cut to the German government handing an old man on a park bench, uh, essentially a blank check. Yeah, they're all getting blank checks. And while the Americans are like getting ripped off. Explicitly two million dollars. Look, that's all we could um, requisite it from the federal government. Like they're getting they tried to earmark it and like. <laughs> it had to go through Congress. The president wasn't keen on signing it. It's saying also two million divided three ways. Is that worth it, guys? No, they they got ripped off. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that Santa Claus wants is four children. Three for contracts, one for pleasure. He even says four attractive children. Yeah, so um, in case it's not obvious, Santa Claus is portrayed by an old man who uh, looks like he diddles kids. So, uh-huh. The fact that he wants them all to be pretty, even the ones he does not want for pleasure, makes it feel like he just does not like ugly kids. I see. I assume that the that the uh, three attractive kids for contracts uh, have something to do with the devils that he's. Uh, Is he sending them out? Like sending them out to people? Maybe is that? No, he's sacrificing them to devils. Yeah, he's sacrificing them to devils, and devils might have a stipulation that I want pretty kids. That totally sounds like something that devils would want. Because why would they want ugly kids? Like, if you had the option, like they have like value to devils like Khan will only give you his head if uh, you're attractive yeah yeah that's all we get of santa claus and it is enough to send all of the shivers down my spine before we learn anything else about santa claus and it only gets worse it gets so much worse holy so anyway we get these uh, interstitial scenes of everyone essentially taking the let's kill denji and take his heart job and then we cut to Denji being walked around a very public park, which uh, is a choice. I love this because nothing much happens at first. You know, we get the scene in the public park and one of Denji's new bodyguards admonishes him for picking up a He had dropped his sandwich and was going to eat it anyway off of the ground because it's Denji. You know, we get we get that scene where it's in a very public park. You know, and like he says, we've picked your patrol routes because you still have to do your job. We've picked your patrol route uh, and you have to follow it extremely precisely. That's the only way we can ensure your safety. And like they go home after like this outing in the park. And the thing that I love, Denji instantaneously realizes what's really going on. He actually mm -hmm. realizes that after the burger shop. But yeah. Oh, does he? I thought it was after the park. They don't go home until after the burger shop is. The oh, thing. OK. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Can can we just point out um, where did you guys pick up that this was being done on purpose? Because I, I picked it up in the burger shop, because when we get to there, I'll point out the exact scene that it was obvious. This is a terrible, like protective unit. 
Oh, it was as soon as I saw that Denji was like outside at all. I'm like, y'all are freaking stupid. And I know Makima ain't stupid, so <laughs> this has got to be a setup. I'm going to lie, I actually didn't really think about it. I missed that until it was pointed out. I, I think the manga purposefully just kind of shoves you into scenes to, like, not question why. De like, I, I didn't worry about the park because I'm like, oh, maybe they're heading back from the meeting or something like them being outside didn't necessarily throw me off. But mm -hmm. I, I got to say, uh, one thing that I will eternally praise Chainsaw Man for is that it is a very deep and intricate and complicated storyline. And you can either engage with it as Makima or as Denji. And the manga clearly expects you to engage with it as Denji. <laughs> <laughs> it is still paced well enough for you to engage with it as Makima because it'll give you some crazy revelation or some massive hint and then throw a chaotic blood-soaked action scene at you so you can shut part of your brain off and enjoy the, the bloodshed, but still be able to like percolate in the back of your head what's going on. And I felt a lot of that during the like climactic fight of this section. Like there is something deeper going on here. I can feel the threads unraveling, but at the same time, he he shining power. I mean, actually, that's probably a really good segue because the scene we're on right now is where th like you get your first like thread out of place. Um, we get the public sector members. Uh, I'll name them now because I had to look this up. Uh, it is Hendo, uh, Kurose and Subaru. Mm -hmm. And they are. I think I remember reading one of those names. Say in Subaru. Subaru. Uh, sub yeah, Subaru. Oh, it is just Subaru, isn't it? Um, yeah, that is a, that is a name in, in Japanese. Yeah. yeah, yeah. but um, I think he is from the party, I want to say, like where they had like the big meeting. Oh, is he? Yeah, I know what you oh. mean. It, it's really hard to tell because all the public sector employees have black hair, plain faces and suits. Yeah. And if any of them have any distinguishing feature, it's a scar across the face that looks almost identical. I think one of the brothers has a very similar scar. Some yep. of the characters look functionally identical. Anyway. Um, oh, you know what? No. Um, Tendo and Kurose are the people who met Makima in Kyoto. I, I remember them as well. Yep. Mm, yeah. So th they are coming and they picked up Subaru and they are heading there. And Subaru essentially gets to ask, hey, I've been meaning to ask you. You've met Makima, right? What did you think? And they both go, Subaru. We've been meaning to tell you about Makima. And then they get killed by the American <laughs> brother. Spike strip gank squad. Spike strip, guns in the windows, pull the trigger until the clip is empty. Blood soaked interior. It is quick and it is brutal and it is chainsaw, man. It is an amazingly paced panel, too, because like the page flips as the car is attacked like it's. Mm hmm. Oh, it's the only competent thing the American characters do. Uh huh. Is, is, yeah. To be fair, they were very efficient. It almost yeah. makes you think that they could actually be a real threat to someone who matters. No, because here's the thing. If they had to murder human beings, they'd be really good at it. Yeah. And that two million dollars makes sense. Mm hmm. But, but they're not <laughs> after a human. They're after a Denji. Like, maybe they just thought they could be, like, regulars. Like, I don't. We uh, then get to them kind of cleaning out the car. 
as uh, one of the brothers reveals that they have all made a contract with the skin devil, which allows them to change their face. And he takes up the role of um, Kurose. Uh, the guy who mocked Aki for being a manga character. Yeah, mm-hmm. w- which is convenient because that character was not named. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, the uh, one who takes Kurose's face. No name at all. Yep. But um. The main thing is that uh, we see big brother Joey, who's kind of the leader, basically pushing through. And Aldo, the youngest brother, is vomiting because mm-hmm. he was not prepared for, to see three people brutally murdered. Let alone participate in said brutal murder. I mean, he did his job. It's the aftermath where he lost it. But uh, mm-hmm. I don't think mm-hmm. that this is the profession for you, Aldo. Yeah, definitely isn't. But um. He keeps doing it anyway. So, like Chainsaw Man loves to do, every time vomit's mentioned, we immediately cut to food. Uh-huh. <laughs> At least this time, nobody's eating it. I mean... So, De- Denji in the burger restaurant does make a reference to I'm never eating vomit again. Yeah. Well, maybe if I had to. Because Power, yeah, Power is being forced to eat her vegetables by the unnamed extras who are, air quotes, guarding them. I don't know why that one guard is so, like, he decides I need to be your father is how he's treating these people, and I don't get it. He's got a humongous rod right up his ass, and that's like his one character trait, because that's all you need to have him be in the scenes long enough to get to, to become die but yeah so this is where the uh facade that they weren't being lured around as bait kind of broke for me because they are sitting in the middle of a packed burger restaurant so packed there is not room for the security detail to sit down they just mm-hmm. stand around denji and power eating being the most obvious in the entire universe i'm going to tangent slightly to say uh this isn't something that i would normally associate with Chainsaw Man, but a lot of these characters, like the America Bros and the security detail, perfunctory. Not a word I'd normally associate with this manga, but who knows, maybe it was intentional. The manga is a freaking maniac. <laughs> anyway, yes, they are being extremely obvious in the Burger King. <laughs> I'm not Googling perfunctory, you're Googling perfunctory. <laughs> Shut up, Jacob. Don't tell people what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah denji aki and power having a sibling bonding moment over being bait yeah yeah and the main thing is about the burger restaurant if you needed to feed them you can get takeout that is what fast food is for eating inside the restaurant is the weird thing that's the point it's it's great because how great the security detail is this woman just apparates on the screen Mm-hmm. Like she just appears in a panel with nothing like no like foreknowledge or anything bumps into one of the security guards says, oh, excuse me, walks through the security detail, <laughs> stabs Denji three times. It's revealed with uh, a little cursed needle, which a uh, little callback is the same as um, Aki's cursed needle sword. Mm. Yep. They have yep. the same rules. It's just a nail, isn't it? Yeah, she yeah. just has a nail. But uh, Aki has a sword that is yeah. a nail. They do the same thing, though. Uh, four pricks, you summon the cursed devil to rip the guy apart. And um, she is having a burger with her um, pupil, uh, Tolka. And she hands him the nail, says, I've stabbed him three times with this. Stab him a fourth time and the cursed devil will rip him to pieces and you can claim his heart. And then you will be my successor. And he's just like, 
But master, don't you want to eat a burger? Hmm, I've never had a burger before. I shall consume. And a code word for something. <laughs> it's such a weird interaction, which is perfectly on brand for these characters, but they spend so long with her tasting a burger and going like, hmm, yes, this is quite delicious, although my fingers are numb. I do enjoy the Borg. It is tasty. This is, in fact, food. Amazing. Like, they play up the wise mentor role with her so much <laughs> to the point it feels like a parody. Like, Which, given the revelations that we have about her later on, kind of makes sense. But yeah, um, it's after this point where uh, we go back to the apartment. And the thing that I love about this, engaging the story as Denji or engaging the story as Makima, the simple fact of the matter is because of our first section, I didn't trust Chainsaw Man, and that's kind of why I've been missing things with it. It has won my trust, but I still I still have, you know, issues with it sometimes where I maybe am not paying as close enough attention as I should. But the thing that was really cool and an example of why, you know, I was wrong for not uh, giving Chainsaw Man the credit the fact that Denji pegs exactly what they're doing, they're using him as bait to lure out the assassins so they can get rid of them. And then Power is over here and obviously lies saying, oh yeah, I knew that all along too. There's a clear distinction between Denji and Power. Denji never got an education. No one gave him anything. He always had to do everything for himself. The only time anyone ever learned him anything, it was so that they could use him. But Denji is not stupid. Yeah, he's street smart. He's had to mm -hmm. be street smart. He is uneducated. He is uneducated, not stupid. It's an important distinction. And this is one of the best examples I've seen of a character that has that quality showing that that trait of theirs. Because it's I, mm -hmm. I really like that moment for Denji because like he like he doesn't have like this big shock revelation. He just sits down and is like, you guys are using me as bait. I get mm -hmm. it. You know, and alternatively, power is stupid, which makes her an excellent contrast to Denji and, and reinforces that point. Aki is shonen protagonist who is dark brooding, super intelligent character. Of course, Denji, you didn't know this from the very beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the hell up, Aki. You were absolutely a part of it. Don't don't tell me you weren't. <laughs> You're not smart if you were read into it, Aki. <laughs> You're not smart if the future devil showed it to you as a joke. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yes. I also forgot he made a contract with the future devil because it does nothing. It doesn't really come up except for one point. It does come up at one point, but it ultimately doesn't do anything. Yeah, like it, it actually comes up pretty frequently. He'll get like his eyes will flash and he's like, I've seen the future. It never does anything because it doesn't seem like he can affect the future. So what was the point? Who knows? Uh, last time it showed that he could use it to dodge attacks. I think the idea behind what we're going to see where the where he can't do anything about the future is that the things he's up against are so powerful. It doesn't matter that he can see the future. He just can't do anything about it, which is kind of on brand for some of the characters we're going to be meeting pretty soon. That is also on brand for uh, the future devil. Hey, you want to see a future you can't affect? <laughs> you know, the uh, the thing that made me immediately think Aki's in on something is my favorite scene, the one where he sits on Denji while Denji's moping. It's like you could read into this as Aki just being good friend, good, good brother and 
encouraging Denji. Or you could take a bit more of a cynical approach and read into it as Makima saying, I need him to be enthusiastic about this. So go and tell him the thing that will make him enthusiastic. So actually, that's a that's a good angle because we did kind of skip over. There's a scene with uh, Aki and Makima earlier on where she informs him that, um, hey, Aki, we're going to be hunting the gun devil next year. I am telling you this as an order. You are not allowed to die until we hunt the gun devil. And he's just like, but I'm a shonen protagonist. I love self-sacrifice. <laughs> Aki, stop it. <laughs> That that almost literally happens. He has a look on his face like he's disappointed he can't die early. <laughs> uh, oh, man. But yeah, honestly, the other the other kind of nice thing is, you know, again, we're making a lot of jokes about Aki, but honestly, I think he has some really solid character moments in this section, even at the points where he's conspicuously not doing anything. And mm -hmm. The really cool thing is even even with the um, knowledge that, you know, Makima might have induced Aki to give Denji this particular advice. I kind of read it as half of one, six, a dozen of the other, where he is both being a good friend and and a, a good surrogate brother, but he's also doing what will help the mission. You know, less so Aki being like a living manga character trope, but also like the, that is very in character for Aki, the actual Chainsaw Man character. Yeah, no, a Aki's entire character arc is learning not to only live for revenge. Mm -hmm. which he's slowly doing. <laughs> and I'm sure it'll it'll all result in him coming to a better place and and uh, succeeding in all his goals and nothing bad will happen. Yeah, I, I, I don't know why you guys aren't getting that Chainsaw Man is full of happy endings like this arc <laughs> we read. Um, exactly, exactly. Now let's stop dilly-dallying and talk about how power saves the day with vehicular manslaughter. First, can we at least just reference the fact that uh, Kobeni and Violence Fiend went on an ice cream date? Yeah, that was cute. so cute. That was like, <laughs> you know how I was warming up to Kobeni last time and I, I loathed her less? I have now gone from deep and utter loathing to mostly neutral with Kobeni. It's like Kobeni doesn't have any positive characteristics. You just have supreme pity for her. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. And then also Violence Fiend is just an outstanding character. I liked him last time, but I wasn't as as um, on board with him as some of the rest of you were. Um, I know Sam in particular, you really liked. Oh, I love Violence. He's my favorite. I liked Violence Fiend, but like, oh, yeah, <laughs> he's so great in this. Like everything oh, about him. <laughs> my, my favorite part about this little date is it starts off so cute, like they're just enjoying each other's company. And then Violence Fiend like does a 180. He's like, no, I need you to describe me the taste of ice cream. I can no longer have it. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> there are so cute. many. There are so many panels of Kobeni just with like a melting. I don't even know. Like the melting. Her face just looks like it's constantly like in distress melting. Melting is a hundred percent Kobeni. Like, oh no, I thought I had everything together. No, you really don't. Oh, honey, no, honey, no. <laughs> but um, as we established earlier, we do get a little backstory about how Violence Fiend still has his human memories, and the big thing he does not remember his death. He just remembers that Makima saved him, which is in line with Denji. So uh, there, look, we we learned something from a conversation between um, Aki and Angel Devil that just has me asking so many questions. <laughs> where where do we learn that? It, it's pretty. I, 
I couldn't remember, is in all fairness. Is it during the fight? Uh, no, because uh, Angel Devil is there for the fight. I think it's like right before the fight as it's, you know, building up. Yeah. Because they realize something is going on. But the point is, Anki and Angel are having lunch or whatever. And Angel Devil, I'm pretty sure Aki didn't like ask anything to make this come up. But like apropos of nothing, says, hey, do you want to learn about hell? So the way that the I devil- know where it is. Yeah, I, I also know where it is now. It's the fight has started, but um, Aki and Angel Devil come in later. So it right. cuts away to them getting called in for the fight is where we get this conversation. Gotcha. But yeah, uh, Angel Devil's like, okay, so here's how it works. If you ever wondered how devils show up in the world, it's because we all existed down in hell as a manifestation of human fear or whatever. If a devil dies in hell, they get sent to the human world. If they die in the human world, they get sent back to hell. So we're trapped in an endless cycle of death and rebirth. It's actually quite horrific. We don't really remember much about what happened in the world that we were in before we died again, but I... I talked to uh, each of the other like fiends and devils who are in public safety. And this is also what I remember. We all remember the last sound we heard before we died in hell. And uh, it came back to me when I pulled Chainsaw's ripcord during the fight with Reze. It's the boom, boom of Chainsaw's motor. That's the last thing we heard before we died. What the <laughs> Why are all the devils and fiends in public safety? The last thing they heard was Chainsaw. It makes me think that Puchetta was like in on some great conspiracy and knew that he had allies down in hell that he had to send to the human world before him so he would have a team waiting for... Is that actually what happened? I don't know. But my mind is spinning. <laughs> I hadn't considered that, but yeah. Wait. Because he specifically says all of the... All of the devils that he's talked to in public safety. Admittedly, that doesn't include any of the other ones that were like out there in the world. They could have been killed by chainsaw as well down in hell. But isn't it kind of weird that all of the devils and fiends in public safety were sent to the human world by the chainsaw devil? How did Puchetta die down in hell to get sent up there to meet with Denji? Don't open the door, Denji. Arse Denji, do you know what I did to be in hell? <laughs> Don't open the door, Denji. By the way, did we mention that the sky of hell is made out of doors? Huh. Do, do you think if Denji opens the door, he falls into hell? One of the doors... We'll go to hell later, okay? <laughs> <laughs> We've got hell at home. Hell We've at got home. hell at home. Go to hell later and we'll watch the brass dance. There's my exalted joke. Moving okay. on. Yeah, Sam, let's uh, let's get off your conspiracy theory uh, whiteboard and let's move back to uh, power committing vehicular manslaughter. I love the buildup in this, just that she's so adamant of, yes, I totally I totally can do this. I totally need to do this right now. And Kobeni is just sitting next to her like, what is going on? <laughs> Yeah, because essentially what happens is uh, everyone's meeting up the next day and Power, because she's a side character, gets stuck with Kobeni. And Kobeni, notably her only character trait, is she owns a car. So <laughs> Power has sat herself in the driver's seat and Kobeni is sitting in the passenger seat just like, please, please don't break my car. Power's just like, I am a great driver. You don't understand. <laughs> whole, of course. This whole sequence is so mind bending. While this is happening, what has uh, mainly happened is uh, Denji is meeting with the uh, public sector. Not the, Kurose. 
Yeah. Oh, that's right. The big thing um, that was at the end of uh, Violence Fiend and um, Kobeni's uh, ice cream date is Kurose ran into them, said, my teammates got killed by assassins. We need to meet up. And um, they were like, OK, we're just going to believe you because you look like some dude. And he's like, you fools, you shouldn't have believed me just because I looked like some dude. And then they believed him because he looked like some dude. So I mean, given given the uh, intelligence and temperament of the characters involved, one, yes, it was stupid because this is a world where supernatural shenanigans are seem relatively common, at least for these people. So someone looking like someone else. But like. Do you really think that Kobeni or Violence are going to notice? Well, I mean, considering what we've seen Violence Fiend do, I don't think Violence Fiend cares. Like, it's not like they could be lied to. It's just like, well, if you're going to betray me, I'd like to see you try. (laughs) (laughs) But um, the main thing is uh, they're getting reintroduced. And um, so I'm not 100 percent sure what the Americans plan was. I think it was literally just to get um, disguised Kurose. They had a into the group, like into the security detail, and then they would go from there. He gets to meeting Denji. I think it's generous to say they had a plan at all. They must have because they were able to like the, the legwork they had to do to find these people and know they were on the team like they did. They've got so much information like to think that they don't have an end plan of like, how are we going to kill Denji? I'm pretty sure their plan was something to the effect of step one, learn about the team guarding Denji. Step two, step three, kill Denji Prophet. <laughs> Honestly, what their plan probably was, was um, integrate themselves into the security detail and then cause a disturbance that got them to take Denji off by himself and then secretly assassinate him. Because the one thing you can do with fiends is if you kill them before they transform. You can take them down. Yeah. yeah. Like we saw last time with the uh, the stuff with uh, the Katana Fiends attack on Denji in the restaurant or or how Rize was taken down by Makima. We do get to the point where disguised Kurose reaches out to shake Denji's hand. But before he can, Power has found out the gas pedal works and rammed <laughs> the car into a crowd of people killing him. Kurose, that is. Which is funny because his name is Kurose. Oh. Power saves the day with vehicular manslaughter, and I love this manga. At oh. which point she immediately turns to Kobene, look of horror on her face. This is your car, it's your fault. <laughs> and, and Kobene legitimately has all the stages of grief at once. Like, <laughs> oh no, I can't go to jail for killing people. No, wait, she's lying, like blatantly lying. He just immediately assumes people will believe power over her, which considering what we've seen. Yeah, everyone has accepted that power is a liar. Like every word out of her mouth is a lie. Pretty much people assume. If both of them told me completely contradictory stories, I would assume that both of them were lying. I'm not. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I think I'd be able to tell if Kobeni was lying, though, because she would be melting. Uh, Yeah, yeah, that's true, too. The fact Power does no planning, runs the car into a crowd of people, murders a dude. And it's just like, nope, I didn't do this. Because it's so great, because as everyone's freaking out about that, someone looks over and says, like, hey, that guy's got a different face. Well, I guess the murder didn't count then. No, no, he says that guy's got a different face. Wait a minute. I've heard of this. A trio of American brothers who have a deal with the skin devil, letting them steal the faces off of corpses. There is no way these people are that famous. <laughs> they said like this was it. This was in the manga. But no. like, like, that's Wait. the thing. 
I know a character said that out loud. That exposition was in the page. It doesn't make sense. It's like their entire thing is like cloak and dagger. Like they contracted with the skin devil to disguise themselves. If you know anything about them, you are not hiring them. Like, yeah, but uh, you know what? It all works out and power gets to say that she saw through the enemy's disguise and she is the greatest and saved the day and every and all hail power. She looks very cute with how happy she is with herself. And it's great because we then find out that his two brothers, uh, Joey and Aldo, were disguised as regular people, which I guess by how their power works, we can assume they killed um, run into an alleyway and are just like well i guess our brother who was a mortal got killed and that's uh all okay. those vomiting because yeah. that's what he does <laughs> do they come back or joey the- gets freaking murdered joey gets murdered by a character i had to look up because i did not recognize him as being part of the security detail but he is he is uh yoshida yoshida rounds the corner murders the hell out of joey he turns to Aldo and says hey are you one of them skinwalker brothers and he's like i, I just saw somebody die Oh, that's what that scene was. Okay. Yeah, those three were not particularly memorable. A real professional wouldn't be puking at a scene like this. You're good. Bye bye. Hold on, Jacob. Did you not notice that Aldo is in the rest of this arc? Not really. Oh, my God. Oh. Oh, my God. One of the upcoming scenes must have been so confusing for you then. There were a couple of places where I got lost and... uh, I'm trying to place this knowledge into those scenes to parse them out in my mind. (laughs) Those three, everything they said or did was in one ear and out the other, except for the one time where they were competent. I mean, I mean, fair. They are (laughs) the fact they can disguise their faces and human faces and Chainsaw Man are already kind of interchangeable. Like, so uh, here's a question I want to ask. And if this is just me, it wouldn't shock me. Was the art wonky this time? Was the art not at its best? It smelled it's a little wonky. I think there were a lot of characters on screen when um, normally you only have like a few. So there's definitely some I had to draw seven different people kind of they start. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think, and and I think that's what happened with the brothers because they are easily the least important characters introduced in any of this. The the brothers are super hard to point out too because they look like each other because they're brothers, obviously. Yeah. But then they all disguise themselves as people. Aldo puts on his disguise mid that like right after Yoshida kills his brother and walks around the corner. Aldo has switched from his form into that uh, regular citizen scene makes so much more sense now i had no idea what was going on did you just think they were talking to a regular guy and he's just like you're right a pro wouldn't uh throw up everywhere well i i connected in my mind that one of the brothers was throwing up but then when the the corner rounded i'm like who the hell is this guy like i understood that they could change their faces but like there had been like the first time it happened, there had been like a thing of the of him like moving his face into place or whatever. And they just show him rounding a corner with a new face. I thought that was a completely different character. I was I get, very confused. That is a completely different character. That is Yoshida, the member of public sector who killed Joey. He rounds the corner to see oh. Aldo throwing up in the alley. OK, jo- Joey dies off panel. I get the feeling this is going to translate a lot better in animation where we can see the shape shifting. Honestly, probably I those three characters are the biggest blind spot that I had for this. Like I I could follow pretty much everything else. Oh, don't worry. I will talk about Aldo every time he shows up because I love him. 
Like he is pretty great, but we're spending an awful lot of time on this for someone we can barely remember because now Kianji's taking her her harem on a sushi date. Yeah, this this scene doesn't really go anywhere other than drawing cute girls on a sushi date. You ever want to learn a lot of facts about fish? One of the girls says uh, they all have individual names. I couldn't tell you which is which other than uh, Halloween, and that's not even her name. So. Uh, yeah, there's Brain Girl, there is uh, Stitch Girl, there's Squiggly from Skull Girls. That does look like a Skull Girls character design, I'm not going to lie. All of them do. Her, her whole harem is Skull Girls characters. Kyanzi is her name? Yeah. Her and um, her little harem were actually probably my favorite part of this section. But like, uh, I will say, the one that keeps saying Halloween... Because I love her defining scene, I do actually know she is the Cosmos fiend. But uh, they have their sushi date. It's adorable, even with the, the brain and the eye. And ugh. It's great because people keep saying, hey, we don't really serve fiends here. Maybe don't. Which is kind of weird because fiends aren't really a publicly known thing. I kind of. They are. They're just rare. It's yeah. more. It's less rare to encounter. Um... Uh, like a true devil. Yeah. 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 They're, they cause enough destruction that people have to know about them. This isn't like um, Helsing where you where like people can reasonably not expect to know about vampires until, you know, an army marches through London. Yeah. Devils are relatively rare, but they cause enough destruction that you kind of you know, I mean, people know the gun devil exists. That whenever something weird happens, like people are like, is that person a devil? Like it's not something that people aren't aware of. Like when stuff, when weird stuff happens, they usually seem to attribute it to a devil or. Yeah, I'm, not I'm a, sorry. I, yeah. I, I should really clarify. What I'm saying is their reaction to this group of fiends in their restaurant is very played down for what is happening. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I guess the salient point is um, fiends that aren't just murder bots are are something that probably isn't particularly well known outside of public safety. And it doesn't matter because everyone in this restaurant gets uh, Halloweened. So, yeah, Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. <laughs> I do like this scene, though, because, like, honestly, it does a really good job of characterizing them. Halloween is the one that <laughs> you kind of can't not know what she's usually called. They all do have distinctive personalities and, you you know, you get to know them in a, in a quiet moment like this. And in such a bombastic series as Chainsaw Man, the fact that we slow down for these characters makes you remember them, you know, unlike the brothers. Well, like, here's the big thing is that these two chapters we have are explicitly like quiet moments to like take a break from the vehicular manslaughter to <laughs> yeah everything that is going to happen next because yeah, it's, um it's pretty non-stop after this isn't it boy yeah, howdy does a lot happen after this since jacob forgot aldo was a character which fair uh, <laughs> the, the scene we get must have been very confusing for you because it's Kurose going back to his childhood friend because i guess they found a picture in his wallet <gasps> Because he needs a place to stay for yeah. the night. But that's not Kurose, it's Aldo. Yes. Okay, yeah, because I'm like, is this a flashback? Because Kurose's definitely dead. No, and here, <laughs> yeah. here's the thing. I had to talk to Jay about this scene because I didn't under I understood what was happening. I did not understand why it was in the manga. Like, because it they spend a chapter on it and it didn't seem to have any purpose to me. It, it's entirely what Aldo's character is, is he is regretting being an assassin. 
Mm-hmm. He has lost his brothers. He never really liked it because he is vomiting every time something happens. Mm-hmm. And essentially the conversation he has with. I don't remember brother's name, but essentially like he's regretting, like, I think doing their parents proud and, you know, we're getting older and we really uh, should. Yeah, because he he's essentially going to Kurose's friend who is um talking to him like he's an old friend. Yeah, uh, Tomino is the yeah. guy's name. Aldo has uh, the memories of the person. Like he can, he can access at least at a surface level the memories of. No, actually, I think he is. He is faking it. He is faking it. Yep. He's faking it really hard. No, the point is that he's seeing all these mementos of Kurose's life, seeing that this is a full life led by a human with a rich, complex inner light, inner world, and the tragedy of it the fact that he is wearing this person's face and this friend of this person isn't able to call him out on it the sadness of that just overwhelms him and that's why he starts crying yeah because um that like the explanation of of that angle suddenly it makes a lot more sense because um what his friend is saying is hey public safety is a dangerous job you could die at any time why don't you quit that job and work with me and do the thing that we always dream to do and aldo knows that that can't ever happen yeah his, his friend's essentially just saying like dude we should quit hey is your girlfriend mad at you why aren't you staying with her and aldo's just like i didn't even know this dude had a girlfriend great this is more on my conscience <laughs> and like he's just this person is offering him He's offering Kurose like, hey, you should get out of this dangerous life that you're not happy in and you should come and do something normal with me. And Aldo breaks because he's just like, this is such a sincere offer. I cannot take up because I murdered your friend. Mm -hmm. So he starts crying. It's deeply it is deeply sad. No, and it's like a beautiful scene, but like it's so hard to tell the brothers apart. I could easily see how you could be like, why are they doing this flashback? Yeah. For this yeah. character who died. Um, <laughs> What's that explained to me? It like I want to reread that now because I'm like, I'm thinking back to that scene and putting the pieces of my mind. I'm like, wow, that's actually a really good scene, isn't it? <laughs> a really good scene. But I even I knew what was going on. And I'm like, why is this here? But like fully going back through it, Aldo constantly vomiting. That reminds me, he is very unhappy with this job and he's going to quit. But then unfortunately, Tomino says uh, something that uh, triggers him and it's, um, hey, dude, you're crying. What would your brother say about you still being in this line of work? Like, because clearly, because clearly what Tomino is trying to guilt trip him into quitting, going like your brother wouldn't want you doing this dangerous work. Unfortunately, Aldo's brother is not Kurose's brother, and mm. Aldo knows exactly what his brother would say about quitting being an assassin. A pro always gets the job done. Hey, man, when'd you start saying stuff so cool like that? Yeah, Tomino's oh, just like, dude, go to sleep. That's it. <laughs> it's that's- freaking heart-wrenching when you actually know what's going on. Oh, my God. I need to reread that because that actually... Yeah. Upon reflection and understanding what's going on. Wow, <laughs> what a great scene. I wish I could have figured that yeah, out the first it's, time. It's, it's great because Aldo is constantly in the background of all this, and his character journey is getting up to the point he should quit this dangerous life that is clearly not bringing him joy. And then because of like a miscalculation of someone trying to give supporting words, he's like, no, you're right. I should finish things. Mm-hmm. And goes back into the fire. And uh, speaking of fire, Bad Touch Santa goes and destroys a shopping mall. Yeah, yeah. If you thought Santa Claus wasn't getting enough um, screen time, he is the main villain. He is 
he is the rest of this. Because it uh, it is established Santa Claus has the power. They don't actually say what he contracted with to gain this power, but essentially no, when they he do. touched... Oh, the specifically? Like the puppet devil? The doll devil. Oh, okay, cool, cool. He has the power that when he touches someone, they become a doll, which is essentially a zombie, but their arms can turn into swords. Mm-hmm. It's a zombie, their arms can turn into swords, and if any part of them touches any part of you, including clothes on either end, you become a doll as well. Yep. They're like giga zombies. They're like zombies, but actually threatening. Mm-hmm. And essentially, he causes like a small mass uh, dollification in a department store. In a, in a crosswalk and then goes into the department store, yeah. Denji and the security detail uh, retreat into um, the nearest building to create a choke point with the door, and it happens to be a, a mall. I would love to spend the next hour of us gr- drastically going through the cool fight scene that is them fighting the stalls. Oh my like- god, this whole like back half of what we read is so many cool fights. Yeah, like it's it's really cool. People are constantly doing cool things, but unfortunately we are an audio medium. Yeah. I can only deeply recommend you go reread these if you haven't already. Yeah, yeah, check it out for yourself because it is amazing. If you ever thought to yourself, man, the way they're describing all these powers, all the like things that like Denji and power and uh, like Aki can do, it'd be crazy if they had just an army of mooks to completely mow down. That sounds like it'd be incredible. It's this. There is an army of mooks that get mowed down by people who are insanely above and beyond everything else. Namely, Kianchi, who pulls some real attack on Titan. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's pretty cool. I, I realize I kind of uh, undersold Aki. He's got a lot of great scenes in this fight scene and that his contract with a future devil is causing him not to be dolled because he is constantly dodging people. And then we get a throwaway mm. line that fiends can't be turned into dolls. So Denji and power are cool, which is fine because they can only hand to hand combat. So there's a pretty funny like um, Dawn of the Dead moment where they're running up an escalator and Power's like, oh, they're catching up to me. And they swarm her. And it's like, huh, this is mildly annoying. And she's getting stabbed <laughs> and yeah. not qualified. And then and then um, one of the security detail is like, I guess fiends don't get affected by dolls. OK, interesting. Anyway, <laughs> back to the violence, because there is so much of it. Uh, And essentially, like, we get this really cool fight scene and what's happening outside the department store, we get Tolka wrapping up the nail. I feel like I need to clarify what I said earlier about Kianchi pulling some attack on Titan. Oh, fair. Because she and the harem roll up and a couple of public safety guys are like, hold on, you can't go any further. Uh, Wait, aren't those a whole bunch of fiends? You're not you you can't go any further. We're going to fight you about this. And Kianchi just pulls a sword, vanishes, and it shows her. Sonic the Hedgehog triangle jumping off of walls, dashing through all of the various dolls, running straight up in the department center. And then it cuts back to the alleyway where that confrontation was happening to a guy saying, hey, wait a minute, where'd she go? Anyway, let's pull out our guns and destroy these fiends. And then their heads fall off. Yeah, that's really cool. One guy, he's still in the process of speaking as his head is liberated from uh, the the top of his head is liberated from the rest of him. Mm-hmm. And Kianchi Kianchi stops, looks at her sword, which is now 
deeply caught up with nicks and bruises and and like collapses into shards of metal, drops the hilt, pulls another sword, keeps going. Keonchi's got some great scenes in this. Um, She's got drip. I want to admit like a personal failing on my part. Did uh, anyone get to the panel where Keonchi speaks Chinese at some people? And did you think, oh man, did Shonen Jump forget to translate this? Because I saw I saw Kanji and was just like, oh, is that? No, 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 no. That's another one of my favorite moments because one of the security detail guys, <laughs> deadass, says, hey, we're in Japan. Speak Japanese. Japanese yeah. It, it's funny and sad at the same time. <laughs> so the, the big thing about that, too, is um, uh, Kianchi is attacking the reinforcements that were going in to help Denji's crew. So they are fully isolated. The big thing to take away is we see uh, Tulka wrapping up the cursed nail that hits the hits Denji one more time and he dies and walking into the department store. It's it's good foreshadowing. It's the uh, Chekhov's gun right there. Hostages are on both sides. Let's have a chat because Kianchi and her harem have gotten up to the floor where Denji and Power are. Kishiba's Kishiba there. Yeah. Yeah, Kishiba's there. And he has taken some of the fiends hostage, knowing that Kianchi won't allow them to come to harm. So he has Denji and Power hold them down while they go to have a conversation. And okay, audience, we're 20 episodes in. You probably know how all of us act and talk and how we review things. You know that I love hyperbole. I over-exaggerate my descriptions of things for either comedic or dramatic effect. I mean absolutely zero hyperbole when I say that a scene in this upcoming section sent chills down my spine gripped me with dread and fear because Kishibe and Kianchi sit down to have a conversation. She's like opening up with some banter like, man, you're old. Aren't you like going to fight me or whatever? And he's like, man, you know, an old dog still has some tricks, but I lost my fangs a long time ago. And he pulls out a notebook and holds it up to her. And on it is written, Makima is listening. And my heart stopped. <laughs> Because Makima has not been seen for dozen a dozen chapters. I felt IRL dread <laughs> in this moment. And it's the two of them just continuing to have a casual conversation. Kishibe flips a page and he says, I'm going to kill Makima. I need your help. But she can't do it. Kianchi stands up and walks away. Well, actually, it's a it's a little more explicit than that because she doesn't do the whole like notepad thing. She tells a story uh, that's kind of a non sequitur. It's essentially about how she was a fan of this uh, TV personality, but then some drama came out and completely like ruined like watching the show anymore. Mm -hmm. And she essentially said, like, you know, sometimes uh, you come down to it and you really realize that uh, ignorance is bliss, which becomes an arc phrase for the rest of this. I will say this much. It, and this, again, comes down to my uh, trust issues with Chainsaw Man. The whole thing about um, Kishibe, like with the notepad reveal, I'm going to kill Makima. That felt to me like a cheap twist because he knows Denji. He knows Denji is always going to side with Makima. So why did he train him if he's training up someone who's going to lay down everything to protect the person he's trying to kill. Like, even as an order, he didn't have to train them well. I mean, did he train Denji well? He kind of just kept killing him. Mm -hmm. He he gave them good lessons that they used, uh, or at least Denji used, because he's the smart one, that Denji used and uh, used effectively against um, Rize. Well, here's the big thing. 
Denji is almost never always protecting Makima is the problem. Yeah, that's true, too. Makima is almost never with Denji. And actually, in this very next section, we get a wonderful example. Well, not this next section, but the one after that. We get an example of how Denji is not always around Makima and how he can be very easily distracted. It's a matter of my trust issues with Chainsaw Man. It didn't read to me... But again, I had such a negative uh, reaction to the first part. It's I know that it's been coloring my perception of the rest of it. So I understand that's probably a me thing, but I, I yeah. would feel remiss if I didn't mention it. I mean, maybe Kishibe is a bad guy. You don't know. But all we know is that Denji gets his tetanus shot and gets blood eagled by the curse devil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Denji uh, isn't paying attention as uh, this meeting ends and steps on the curse nail, which is enough to activate the thing. And it's actually really nice point it's the same thing that happens to uh katana devil mm-hmm. when uh aki uses his four pins he gets r- ripped apart yep he gets completely ripped apart and uh tolka has graduated his master comes around and says hey you want to know what goes into making a doll it's essentially you need to teach it to love you need to teach it betrayal and most importantly you need to teach it guilt mm-hmm Because having human emotions and making sure they will follow you, like, follow your orders to the letter, but you want them to feel bad about it. That's why when they were hunting the fox, she was just like, are you feeling anything? Mm -hmm. Will you be able to kill Denji without feeling? And the big thing is, uh, after killing Denji, uh, Tolka is just like, he was just a kid. Mm-hmm. He feels some severe guilt over this. And here comes Santa Claus. Here comes Santa Claus right down Santa Claus Lane. Yeah, uh, it is revealed that the master is Santa Claus and Tolka is now a doll. A perfect doll, which is a distinction that isn't really necessary, but it mm-hmm. it means something. Yeah. Aki wakes up because he got knocked out over the course of all the all this insanity sees the future he he has the most anime moment ever and he goes what is this future <laughs> you know wide-eyed it, lest you were concerned he was getting a little too much character development he is still an edgy manga character yep and santa claus through the old man's lips says hell devil i sacrifice this body and my lovely children to you to send every living thing in this department store to hell. I love Hell Devil because how it is drawn is a six-fingered hand from off-panel comes through and grabs the three children and then slams down the department store. Allow me to be a bit flowery, but the fact that the Hell Devil is like, you know, the, the white blank space around the panels... And then like that manifests into the hand and the fingers. It really just it sounds like a metaphor for saying all of the events contained in this manga are wrapped in hell. Everything in this manga is hell and they get chucked down into perdition. Hell is a grass field and a sky full of doors. What are doors? What are devils? What is anything? Uh, uh, do you did you guys notice that the grass field is also littered with things offered to devils? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's pretty great. Like you see, like cut Fingers. off body parts, uh, a empty bathtub for some reason, I guess. But like mm-hmm. it was I neat. didn't see that. Bats are awesome. 
Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, I am I the give bath up my devil. Give I me give, a tub. <laughs> I give up my ability to bathe so that I can, I don't know. Power. Rub-a-dub-dub I mean, dub, hey. three fiends in a tub. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, fear of drowning in the bath. I have the power to become soap. That sounds like a JoJo stand. Angel Devil, who, might I remind everybody, has been a, an exceptionally powerful member of the team. Like, so much so that he barely cares about whatever is going on because he'd rather die. Yes, as he has stated before. He would mm -hmm. rather die. Death doesn't seem so bad. Yeah, he's like, okay, we're all screwed. We're all going to die now. We're down where the primal fears are. The ones, the devils that have never tasted death. They've noticed us and they're coming. Another really um, spooky moment is one of the uh, the harem fiends, the, the Skullgirls looking one, the most Skullgirls looking one, I should clarify. Yeah, Squiggly. She turns to Kyanshi and says permission to kill myself. Mm -hmm. because and she senses what's approaching i and again because you're you get so endeared to that group that was one of the more spooky moments for me because you you know as uncomfortable as the as it gets at times like they actually love each other mm -hmm. and the idea and that the idea that just falling on a knife right now and losing all of you know the other four of them is preferable preferable to what's about to happen Ooh. It also speaks volumes because we see how powerful Kianchi is, and that's not even her full strength. And the fiend is is essentially saying, not even you can save us, mistress. Please let me die. And um, to elaborate, all the fiends are essentially like having severe panic attacks. Mm -hmm. Denji is Denji, who uh, had just enough blood to uh, activate a bit of chainsaw mode and regenerate himself back from death, is screaming in pain. And doesn't mm -hmm. even know why, because the yeah. thing is, it's very clearly it's Puchetta who is scared. Like the, the big thing is, I think fiends do not belong in hell and their bodies are like rejecting the fact that mm. because they are a human body filled with a demon soul. And the fact that's in hell is like it's just wrong. Yeah, especially because you become a fiend to avoid dying. And one of the big primal fears straight out of the Magnus archives just drops down out of the door sky. The darkness devil who appears with a procession of astronauts who have been cut in half. <laughs> it is the coolest thing ever. And I, like it is one of the most viscerally strange and yet horrific panels I've ever seen in a manga. I, I think the implication is they have been lost to space. Because space is infinite darkness. Yeah. Uh, and it's great because Darkness Devil, in case you were like, oh, primal fears. Oh, man, are they going to have Denji be overpowered and one shot this guy? He takes everyone's arms. Instantly. Not even thinking about it. Everyone's arms gone. Just bye bye. Mm -hmm. You know, Tolka, I, I shouldn't say Tolka, Santa Claus using Tolka's body says, I offer you Chainsaw's heart for the power to kill Makima. And outside of hell, a, a finger appears holding a bit of dark flesh and Santa Claus, nom nom nom. I have tasted darkness. And now I am powerful. God, it really was Kingdom Hearts all along. The hard thing about this section is so much of it is spectacle. And like, not to say that it's empty. But it is spectacle because the darkness devil 
vivisects everybody. It barely moves. It's got three arms and three heads, and the arms all go into prayer position, and just power falls into five pieces. This um, little fight right here probably could deserve an entire in-memoriam section for the amount of <laughs> named characters who get killed in one shot. Mm-hmm. Not not in one attack, in one panel. Uh, Kusakabe, uh... Oh, Kusakabe's hilarious. He tries to summon the stone devil. The darkness devil immediately catches it, crumbles it, and Kusakabe drops into dust himself. Tolka is ripped to pieces. Beam comes out of the ground, gives Denji some of his blood to reawaken him, and then tries to defend his body from the darkness devil, and it gets just cut to pieces. Violence Fiend has... Kobeni pull his mask off. He activates his full power, gets killed. It doesn't stick. He goes back in, dies again. It's great because you think it sticks because you just saw three characters get murdered instantly. So you're like, well, I guess we're cool. We saw how powerful he was without his mask. But then he shows up again to <laughs> jump off the top. And you're like, oh, is he going to turn this around and succeed? No, no. he gets killed the second time. <laughs> Spider-Devil is here for some reason. I didn't even know she was in the scene. She gets murdered as well. Yeah, uh, Spider-Devil, I think you can at least, based on what she immediately does, you can imply she was watching the department store for Makima. Denji is just starting to wake up. He's in chainsaw mode. He tries to jump at the Darkness Devil. It fails. Angel and Aki are like bleeding out from their faces because of how powerful darkness is. He hasn't even touched them yet. Yeah, he hasn't even touched them yet. Just being in his presence is having this effect at the, uh, on them. And then, um, hey, hey, Jay, what's the thing you keep saying whenever I ask what the fuck is a Makiba? Queen. Because Makiba has the spider devil summon her into hell and she 1v1s the darkness devil. Yeah. Character and we they, just saw who murdered so many named characters without breaking a sweat. Makima's just like, yeah, I'll 1v1 you. They're evenly matched. Neither of them are really pushing the other. It's kind of hard to tell who has the advantage because neither of them are trying yet. In all fairness, I don't think Makima thinks she could take the Darkness Devil in hell because she immediately finds Tolka's head. She tries to gain the advantage back for herself as she is wont to do because she's Makima. Mm-hmm. And she has Tolka's body because apparently she can command the doll, even though whatever she can command the doll. She has Tolka say, hell devil, I offer up all of myself to take everyone else who's here out of hell. Well, I mean, Sam, that is what her power is. You saw her do that in Kyoto. Wait, did we? Mm -hmm. She had all those people. They, they kneeled down and blindfolded them, and then she touched their head, and then they said, I sacrifice myself to... Remember all those prisoners? I remember that, but she didn't have them, like, say they sacrificed themselves. She just had them say a name, and then the people popped. Ah, uh, well, she did have them say something, though. That's true. Oh, I see. Yeah, the hell devil snatches up everybody, eats them out of hell, and darkness devils left standing there like, well, shit. I am no longer completely invincible. I'm only mostly invincible. Oh, well, Darkness Devil isn't even there. He doesn't get dragged out of hell. But um, Santa Claus is there with the power of darkness and Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Santa Claus has turned herself into one of Sid's creations from Toy Story. <laughs> That's the same yeah, thing that's I thought. Accurate, accurate description. Yeah. Like her legs are made out of doll heads and she's got like four of them now. And like, yeah. I think she has claw hands. We get another one of those panels that just chills down your spine. It's Makima because she's bleeding a little bit from the fight with the Darkness Devil. She a little 
little bit. Just a little flesh bit. wound. She has Denji in her lap and she's allowing the blood from her wounds to drip into Denji's mouth. And she says, hello, Santa Claus. I, I, I just I can't even put into words the emotions that scene made me feel. <laughs> Denji has enough power to wake up and Makima says, hey, Denji, are you going to save me? Woof. And I got to say, one of my favorite panels out of all of Chainsaw Man, the moment where uh, Denji wakes up and is fully transformed and leaping uh, to Makima's defense. Because I don't think I really mentioned it that much in our first episode. I didn't trust Chainsaw Man as a series. And like the whole dog thing didn't really feel like it was going anywhere. But oh my God, does it pay off so well here? Because the thing that's so cool about this is he just says woof. And there's so much communicated between Makima and Denji. It speaks to that connection that they established that they had with that whole movie theater scene. Because, like, he's not simply saying yes. Like, there, there's, there's a meaning behind that that is just... And, like, when you combine it with the absolutely stellar art of the transformed Denji ahead of Makima and Santa uh, squaring off against him, like, there's just so much that I don't even know I could really put into words. So much in that one panel. It's just... The uh, like, you know, like there are a lot of really great glamour shots of Denji throwing his body in full chainsaw mode at a bad guy, especially in this upcoming fight. <laughs> <laughs> but like that was the best freaking panel in this whole manga so far. That was amazing. It's also a callback to like the first conversation Makima had with Denji was I don't need a dog who argues with me. I need a dog that says woof. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. That is conveyed in such an eloquent way. It's just, you know, it kind of goes back to the thing I said in the second part where I wish that that connection that they had was established sooner because I would have had a lot more trust for Chainsaw Man to pay that off had that been the case. And that's sort of the reason why I wasn't feeling it at first because I didn't see that connection. But all the same, here we are. Santa Claus is definitely the most dangerous enemy that uh, Denji has faced yet because uh, got Actually, a now, <laughs> uh huh, got a freaking army of uh, bad of mooks to go and throw at him. So long as Santa Claus can enter a bit of darkness, uh, she she he they will they? endlessly regenerate. It. Like the plural they. Yeah. yeah, the plural they. And like they're in a city. There are plenty of places where there's uh, shadows just from buildings and such. Forget about mm. the fact that they're at a mall with a parking garage. Yeah. But then we have perhaps my favorite moment because this chapter is titled The First Hunter. Kianji bang, 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 pulls her devil trigger because she was holding back. And as it turns out, she was um the arrow fiend the hunting fiend she was something the pointy thing fiend she she transforms by pulling an arrow out of her um eye patch like she yeah. opens up the eye socket pulls an arrow out and then her stitched up groupie is the one who pulls it out because at that point she's just ahead <laughs> yeah she's just ahead because darkness devil got her good in hell but uh she is massively powerful and is engaging uh darkness devil while denji is fighting all the dolls 
yet another moment of just activating all of the fear and chaos and horrifyingness of this manga as Santa Claus is like, hey, you think these are all just mindless dolls, don't you? Let me give them their thoughts back. What am I doing? Oh, no. I can't control my body. Oh, there's a devil over there. You're not going to kill me, are you? And that's one of those moments where Kianchi says to Denji a little bit after that is the point where they're like, you're not going to kill me, are you? Here's the thing, though. Denji immediately is like, I'm not going to murder people because yeah. he's like, they're hostages and he's running away. And Kianchi has to tell him, oh, no, don't worry. She's just lying to you. They aren't really alive. They're, it's just pretending. And Denji is like going like, oh, how do you know that? And she's just like, isn't it better to think of it that way? Yeah. Ignorance is bliss. Chainsaw. Denji's like, you know what? All right. Yeah, that's yeah. a great moment because the implication is that it's faked, but you don't know for sure. So best maybe to not think about it. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be honest, considering how Santa Claus's powers works, I 100% believe at any point they could turn people back into normal from being dolls. So mm. those are probably living people. Like, uh, we have uh, a bit of a problem because, well, Santa Claus has the power of darkness and is regenerating endlessly because of it. Uh, night has fallen across Tokyo. Yeah, they were finally able to get them outside. Uh Unfortunately, that's when the sun went down and everything became darkness. But thankfully, Denji is a fucking madman. <laughs> oh my god. Denji is so good in this. Hey, uh, class, I got a question for you. What makes light? Uh, Teacher Sam, is it fire? <laughs> it, it's fire. Uh, how could you get some fire in a city? What if I light myself on fire? <laughs> with gasoline D denji no no there's easier ways no i i'll I'm, guys i'm already lighting myself on fire denji please stop i got this it's gonna be a really cool scene look i'm even gonna creatively use my chainsaw powers like i was taught to last arc and light myself on fire with the sparks from my chains yeah, there, there's there's definitely a case to be made that denji is Smarter than you would think, but definitely not super intelligent. <laughs> he immediately goes. Argue that he's still smart. I just think he hasn't had the opportunity to really apply a lot of things. Like we have exp different experiences in life. Give us, we receive feedback from those experiences and use that to apply forward to other circumstances. The mm. fact that he hasn't been exposed to quite as much along with city life, like normal city life. I would also argue that, you know, he just hasn't been able to make those connections. Mm. So it's not a lack of intelligence. It's just like he hasn't had that circumstance before. He hasn't had that ex experience. Well, what, what I'm, he what I'm really light himself on fire. Yeah, what, what I'm saying is his plan was I'm going to douse myself in gasoline, light myself in fire and constantly keep yelling. I am a hero of light to beat your darkness. Like. <laughs> Something you would do as like a child. And I mean, he didn't have a childhood. So, I mean, like if you were like a superhero or something, it's like sounds like a superhero thing. to me. Yeah, the, the I am the hero of this is my shining power. And like a Denji is Arrested Development, the character. Uh -huh. So, yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I have I have a bit of a confession. The way that he is dousing himself in gasoline, he's pouring it on his head. And it looks like he's pouring it onto the chainsaw that is his head. I thought he was trying to gas up his chainsaw head to be even more chainsaw. No. <laughs> See, that would make sense. So flaming chainsaws are a thing. 
Yeah. Yes. So go see them at like the rodeo and whatnot. But yeah, he lights himself on fire, so he is constantly exuding light, screams that this is his shining power, picks up a car, beats Santa Claus with a car. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you? <laughs> it's just so cool. I I don't know how we have found something more insane and awesome than the fight against the literal hurricane and a nuclear bomb. <laughs> Jake, you've been saying that this is some of the best Denji we've gotten. You're absolutely mm. right. Santa Claus is chopped up and... And on fire. And on fire. And can't <laughs> regenerate because they are on fire that is constantly producing light. Yep. Uh, and the Darkness Devil says, this won't actually kill me. I have dolls all over the world and I can put my mind into any of them. You'll never know when a person you're walking by might suddenly attack you. Can you deal with that fear chainsaw? And then she says, yeah, so long as you don't do it on a Sunday. Santa Claus coming to town on a weekday, I can deal with that, but I have Sundays off. I'll hunt you forever. I'm immortal. Ooh, it's such a good line. It's such a good scene because like Denji like, is done with the fight and he's just like, yeah, I don't need to keep this going anymore. You are beaten. Like yeah. he and like he had gone out of chainsaw form, picked up one of the dolls and and rinsed it like a dish rag over his head in order to get the in order to drink the blood to regain his power and put out the fire on him. So he has blood dripping down from his dripping down over his eyes as he's saying he looks terrifying, even though he's not in chainsaw form. He, he looks terrified, but also so cool. Like, like, like he's a dark hero in this. Like, you know, all the stuff about like, this is my shining power. Like he's he's the hero this world deserves. He's the hero this world deserves. Who was just fueling himself on the blood of innocent people. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> the whole thing is wrapped in hell. But uh, then we have to uh, just clean up this whole big mess. How do we deal with uh, Santa Claus? Well, Cosmos Fiend has an idea. The only thing that can stop Christmas's ever encroaching reach onto all the months of the world <laughs> is <laughs> Halloween. I know what you're thinking. Man, the one girl she has who just says Halloween hasn't been doing anything this entire arc. Don't worry. <laughs> because that's the Cosmos Fiend, and she draws Santa Claus into, like, her mind mance. <laughs> oh, here, here's the thing. Isn't it the Cosmos Devil? Oh, that's right. She's the Cosmos Devil. Is she the Devil? Yeah, I wasn't sure if she was the Cosmos Devil or the Cosmos Fiend, yeah. The, the manga says it's the Devil, which is why I'm like, oh, did the Devil just take a human form? Well, I mean, the Angel Devil has a human form, so that makes yeah. sense, I guess. Yeah, they but, just kind of hang out. Yeah, because he's not a fiend. He was born. Mm -hmm. So he yeah, is yeah. definitely the angel devil, not the angel fiend. Santa Claus is like, I have bodies all over the world. You really think trapping just the mind of one body is going to deal with this? And the cosmos fiend is like, oh, well, actually, the thing is, what I'm going to do to you is this library that we're sitting in right now. Because I am the cosmos devil, the fear of the infinite, it contains all of the knowledge in the entire universe which is too much for you, no matter how many bodies you have. You think that you understand all things because you uh, gained the powers of the uh, Darkness Devil? You have no idea what infinity really is. Let me show you. And the only thing, as all this information pours into your mind, the only thing you'll be able to think about is Halloween. Sounds pretty rad. It's chilling because Santa Claus starts chanting about Halloween. 
so many people all over the world start chanting about Halloween. The news is talking about it. Yeah, and it, it's it's one of those things that um, I realized when I actually read our um, outline because I didn't I didn't quite understand what was going on the first time around, like when I was actually reading it. But once I read the outline, I made the connection in my mind. They're all dolls. Uh-huh. It's talking about how, like, I don't think they give an, a number, but it's like millions of people around the world are just yeah. chanting Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Yeah, because when she sent, when they sent the dolls out, like anyone who was in, in contact with these dolls would be turned into dolls. It's a ripple effect. Yeah. I mean, also worse than that, though, it's um, what you get from Santa Claus is when what she did to Tolka and made him like a perfect doll that essentially like the old man, you can also assume used to be Santa Claus, but then needed a new body her body currently that she's in was giving out on her yep she was she's constantly switching yeah and like the amount of backup bodies she had who all suddenly activated and went halloween 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 kishibe did not want to fight santa claus for a reason like santa claus puts the gun devil on like yeah, and that's something that they sort of make clear in this arc, that for all the emphasis they've put on the Gun Devil up to this point, Gun Devil's kind of small potatoes. The big thing about the Gun Devil was how much destruction it did, how quickly. Yeah, but like, the Gun Devil is not uniquely powerful. Gun Devil is mentioned in one sentence in this entire arc. Yeah, and I think it was something to the effect of that the gun devil was nothing compared to darkness. Yeah, the primal fears are definitely probably stronger. So the gun devil has the unique thing that everyone on Earth is afraid of it. Yeah, that's the that's the thing about the gun devil. The gun devil might have become after its rampage much, much stronger and gotten into a higher weight class where like darkness is. And funnily enough, where Makima is apparently is so like so outclass like outclassed by so much because like the gun devil had to like do all of that to rampage in the first place that's how like that's the baseline power that we're talking about in all fairness makima does immediately run from fighting darkness so Mm -hmm. to say she's on the same power level as darkness is probably not a good comparison She's but, just not afraid of him. Yeah, she see, she seems way closer than a person should be. Yes, yes, that I, I will agree to that. To say that Darkness wouldn't have won that 1v1 fight, though, is... Uh, yeah, no, I, I wouldn't go that far. Did we talk about the letter to Santa? Uh, no, because I think that came up... I forget where that happened. Oh, that, that comes up at the end. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought, was, I thought that was uh, when... Uh, old man Santa was getting the blank check. Was that at the end? Does that happen after this? Uh, that happens before the scene with um, Kisikabe? Yeah. We get a flashback to Santa, you know, saying his terms. And then the uh, the German official says, I'll see to it, gets up, walks away and leaves a paper on the on the bench, which is written in German. So I immediately ran to Google Translate and it says, Makima can hear you. The day of doom is coming kill makima what (laughs) and i'm saying sam i don't think you're understanding she is queen you're right i don't understand (laughs) (laughs) i'm just accept this 
I mean, to really drive that point home, we do uh, get some uh, resolution with Kianchi as she is walking away. She runs into Kishibe and uh, Yoshida, who she's just like, oh, hey, is this going to be a fight? And then both of them put blindfolds on as Makima appears on panel and Kianchi just go puts her hands up. I nope, I give up. I surrender. Don't hurt my women. Yep. And Makima is just like, oh, that's weird. This corpse appears to be talking. <laughs> and cuts off all of their heads. <laughs> Yoshida takes off his blindfold and looks over to ki see Kishibe still wearing his. And he's just like, hey, it's over. You can look again. And he's just like, Kishibe says, I don't want to see a thing. Mm -hmm. Because ignorance is bliss. Speaking of uh, bits of knowledge, uh, this might be a stupid question to ask, but uh, whatever happened to the brother who said he was going to finish the job? Oh, he gets killed as... by dolls. Yeah, he gets killed by dolls. <laughs> you see him in the uh, doll scene. <laughs> he's a he's one of the Halloween he... dolls. Yeah. Mm -hmm. His arc never ends. He just dies in the background. It's great. <laughs> he gets he gets dolled and then he gets Halloweened. And yeah, that thus ends are very very scary reading this <laughs> just who so good friends let's uh jump into the discussion uh favorite character sam why don't you go first it's um it's it in this particular reading it's power i love power everything about her is great she saves the day with vehicular manslaughter just power is amazing uh also makima <laughs> ah, good. There, I said it. Are you happy? <laughs> no. Uh, okay, Jay. Uh, how how you feeling? Who's your favorite? Well, Sam already took mine. I was gonna <laughs> say Makima and Power. We we can share. <laughs> good, uh, Jacob. Uh, for me, it is really easy. One hundred percent Denji. You know, all the stuff that I said about loving Makima still stands. But in this section, as amazing as Makima scenes were, like him lighting himself on fire is just showing Denji at his absolute best. Denji is number one, and I really like Kianchi too. For all the, you know, horrible things that she ends up doing, I really sympathize with her because she really cares about her girls. And then, you know, like I said, I still love Makima because like she had some outstanding scenes too. And honestly, Denji's best scene was also uh, his best scene because of Makima. So just wow. The, the the characters and the art really shined in this one. This it was a little bit muddled in some places, but boy, the characters were outstanding. The ones I remembered anyway. Yep. Aldo is yeah, Matt here. Uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll do a shout out to Aldo because his character arc is hilarious. <laughs> it's it's deep and impactful and then he dies in the background <laughs> and you see him as a halloween zombie later it's great um yep. my uh my serious answer is a uh, santa claus this arc oh, is yeah. about mm. santa claus and like what a unique and powerful villain that like still fits within like the frame of chainsaw man and like oh uh, just I heard you like zombies, but what if we made zombies even worse? Uh huh. 100%. <laughs> and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give a brownie point out to uh, Kobeni because she had the funniest scenes in this arc, especially yeah. dealing with power crashing her car. 
Wait, how would you deal with Power's Power was going to frame her vehicular murder, like... (laughs) Despite the fact that anyone who saw her in the car would be like, dude, you were driving. I saw you. No, it's her car. It's her fault. Yep. (laughs) Kobeni definitely deserves pity points, but very little else. (laughs) But yeah, I've been asking you this entire time. What the fuck is a Makima? (laughs) Makima Second discussion. uh, What's up with Makima? Uh, I'm obviously going to be sitting out, so <laughs> needless to say. I, I was talking with Jake a bit about this in the pregame, uh, so I'm just going to toss this one out here right now as my crazy, insane theory. Uh, I don't think Maki is human. I think she's a devil. In fact, I think she might be the devil devil, the devil that is the fear of devils. Yeah, that was that was sort of the conclusion that I had come to as well, that um, Makima could very easily just be a devil. All she does is deal in power plays and manipulation, kind of like contracts. And honestly, that that thought might be why I was so inclined to think Makima was at least approaching the power of the darkness devil, because like if it turned out that she had been a devil all along, then like if she's the devil devil, what greater fear in that universe would there be than devils? Mm hmm. No one would be able to stop her, which would explain why everybody is so keen on killing her. And also, what is the Day of Doom? Does killing Makima cause the Day of Doom? Does it, is she trying to prevent it? Is she trying to bring it about? Is killing Makima instrumental to preventing the Day of Doom? We don't know. All we know is that the Day of Doom is coming and Makima has to die. The thing for me when it comes to, like, predictions of this series, I know that just because of the way that Chainsaw Man works, you're not going to get, you know, like Denji and Makima living happily ever after or anything like that. You know, like the the sappy romantic in me would want to see that happen, but it's obviously not going to happen because that's not this world. But like one of the thoughts that I had once I started really getting into it and paying close attention to like the characters and stuff, one of the immediate thoughts I had is like Makima is probably gonna betray denji at some point and my initial thought was it was gonna be something to the effect of like you know and and like i had this thought before we read uh jujutsu kaisen but like my thought was like denji would like absorb the gun devil and then get stabbed by makima and like you know there'd be like a single panel of makima like you know shedding one tear and then you know the epilogue would go on and she'd be completely emotionless and it would like speak to that bond that the two of them share or whatever like that was my like initial like you know just like throw it out there theory i don't i don't know what's actually like going to happen but i'll say this much i hope makima isn't just evil because the thing that got me invested in chainsaw man is makima and uh denji's relationship So I'm less interested in what Makima actually is and more more hoping for, I don't know, something. I don't even know what I'm hoping for (laughs) because it's obviously not going to be happy. I I don't think hope is a factor anymore. Jay, you got any theories? No, I think Makima is like the ultimate everything and that she's amazing. (laughs) That is is factually accurate. I'm going to go with the simping ain't easy conspiracy theory. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know the you know the meme of guy looking at something like wow cool blank and then over the over the person's head is the uh like long-winded explanation yeah of the you're problem. just like nah it just looks really and cool it's like 
I have nothing more to say. It's like, but no, no, looking at Chainsaw Man is uh, the long-winded explanation. And over the top of the head is thirsty boys can get really <laughs> broken. So, so in summation, we have no idea. We have no idea. Thank you all for listening to the Overmonka cast. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure to follow us on all of the socials where we are at Overmonka cast. Like, comment, and subscribe on whatever platform you like listening to us on or on uh, basically all of them that I can tell and make sure to drop us a review also uh tune in next thursday where we are going to be uh doing some matt i believe this was your idea Uh, i would like to establish we are an american-based podcast so we need to celebrate the great joy that is the birth of our uh, country with um the most american themed manga i could find with very little effort the american way <laughs> but, um, we are going to be reading volume one of eagle the making of an asian american president so uh, yeah uh, i have no idea what this is about so um it's about we'll the making see. of an asian american president you're right yeah, i already right. know one thing it's been spoiled for me <laughs> <laughs> it's like death of a salesman it gives away the ending with its title oh, so we'll see you all next week good night everybody good night good night everybody <laughs>